On the new podcast, American Criminal, you'll learn about the fraud, theft, and murder that marks the dark side of the American dream. Like the Menendez murders, was it two greedy kids who killed their parents for money, or is there more? Listen to American Criminal wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to the time! This is a show dedicated to helping singers, songwriters, and indie artists like you create leverage in the music business. Leverage is what you're going to need to get ahead in the new music industry. 10% talent, 90% leverage. What have you done? What can you prove? Can you prove that they like your songs? Can you prove that the audience wants to come and see you live? and that you're selling merch. This is what's going to get people excited and get you the record deal, get you the management, get you the publishing deal, get you the booking agency. That's why we called it the climb. C-L-I-M-B, creating leverage in the music business. That's a Baxter name created by my good friend and co-host, Mr. Brent Baxter. Brent's an award-winning hit songwriter with cuts by Alan Jackson, Randy Travis, Lady Antebellum, Joe Nichols, and more. And he helps songwriters like you turn pro by revealing how you can write like a pro, do business like a pro, and then on a regular basis, he connects you with the pro so you can create a relationship and move forward. You can find Brent very easily at songwritingpro.com. Once again, that's songwritingpro.com. I'm losing my voice. Yes, you are. I'd like to introduce you to my co-host, who is losing his voice, Johnny Dwinell. Johnny owns Daredevil Production. Daredevil has created over 25 national TV opportunities for their independent artists by making them discoverable. And they've also created multiple tour opportunities for them and through the power of Big Word Alert, digital marketing data, data. They've attracted a number of investors for their artists. The investors, they like these numbers because numbers don't lie because numbers can't talk. You can find Johnny at daredevilproduction.com. That's production, singular, no S. And there is no S because there is no other Johnny D. Johnny, dude, your voice, man. I feel bad for you. Good thing I'm taking lead on this one. I don't know what's happening. Well, we need to go back, listen to that interview we did with Mindy Pack a little bit ago and, and see <laughs> I if need there's to some through that straw. nuggets. You need the coffee straw. You need Mindy, if you're listening, we're going to go back and we're going to listen to that episode. And, and if not, call us. John needs some help here. <laughs> uh, right. We're going to get through this last episode, and then you can take a vocal break, at least from from our stuff. But I'm going to take the lead on this one and, and try to you know catch a little bit of a break here. Thank you, brother. So um, what did we learn about today? All right. Today, we are going to be getting some advice from a song of the year songwriter. We had a, a Know the Pro event on Freddie.com with hit songwriter Jimmy Yeary. Jimmy's written songs for Everything's Going to Be All Right for David Lee Murphy and Kenny Chesney. He wrote I Drive Your Truck. For Lee Bryce, which was uh, one song of the year honors at the CMA Awards, as well as at the ACM Awards. So that's Academy of Country Music and the Country Music Association. And he's had other Kenny Chesney number ones and Rascal Flat number ones, and he's legit. And he came on and shared just dropped value bomb after value bomb. It was awesome. And so I want to share some of that with you guys today. Killer. Yep. All right, well, before we do that, let's take care of a little business. The Climb Podcast is proud to partner with disc makers who've been supporting indie musicians before indie music was ever even a thing. When you're ready to make CDs, DVDs, vinyl, or distribute your music and videos with customized USBs, and those are really cool looking, by the way, mm-hmm. go to discmakers.com, D-I-S-C, makers.com. It's the only place you need to go. And while you're there, click on the Guides and Resources tab and download some of their excellent free guides. They just revised and expanded their home studio handbook, which has a ton of great advice and information for newbies and for studio veterans. You can find them online at www.discmakers.com or give them a call at 800-468-9353. That's 800-468-9353. <laughs> right on. 
Join the climb community if you haven't done it. Subscribe to the podcast, and that way you get all the episodes like right in a row, and you can you can consume them as you wish wherever you consume your podcast. Take five seconds and leave a rating, a review, and finally share it. I'm keeping this one short and sweet. Just if you like it, tell somebody about it for crying out loud, so I don't have to lose my voice again. <laughs> exactly. I give this one a five lozenge review for Johnny's voice. <laughs> I'm sucking on like a lozenge right now, so if it's clicking in the microphone, I'm sorry, but it's the only way this is going to happen. All right. That's right. Why? He is suffering for your sake, dear climber. Johnny is here. He's he's suffering through. He's playing hurt. That's right. For you I'm guys. Playing hurt. I'm That's playing right. Because we want to deliver this this massively valuable content for you. So you because know. you're worth it. Exactly. Why? Because we want you to win. That's right. At the expense of Johnny's voice. All right. So and you know how Johnny likes his voice. So mm-hmm. all right. <laughs> uh, so all right. Jimmy Yeary. He's a hit songwriter. So I told you before he wrote "I Drive Your Truck," which won multiple song of the year awards. Kenny Chesney, David Lee Murphy, everything's going to be all right. I think he wrote Why Wait for Rascal Flats, Till It's Gone for Kenny Chesney, Cold Beer Conversation for George Strait. I mean, he's just had a bunch of bunch of hits, a bunch of cuts. He's legit. And so he came on Freddie.com. We do these events at least quarterly uh, called Know the Pro. And where we hopped on a video conference, me and Jimmy, and then other people from the Freddie community. And I've got to ask him a bunch of questions and we opened it up to the floor and other people came online face to face from anywhere in the world, hop on there and ask the pro their own questions and get a chance to connect and get some valuable real world from the real deal advice. And so these are great, great events. And so I just want to share some of that. And then at the end, I'm going to let you know about some more events we have coming up, some other pros that are going to be joining us and how you can connect with them. So a little teaser for that, but you ready to dive on in? John, did you just nod your head? Yes, he nodded his yes, head. Sir. Okay. Yes, sir. <laughs> All right. And so this is my paraphrase of what, of what he had to say. If you want to watch the full replay and get it in his own exact language and intonation and all that good stuff, it's in the members area, freddie.com. That's F-R-E-T-T-I-E. So if you're a member, you can watch that and all the other Know the Pro replays in that area. So you can see, you see it for yourself. But he says, you don't necessarily need to write with the artist. It certainly helps, but the right song can overcome that. I'm a firm believer that the best song wins. So that was just encouraging to hear from Jimmy, yeah. who does get some outside cuts. He wrote, you know, everything's going to be all right. He wrote that with David Lee Murphy. He wrote it with him as a writer, not expecting David Lee to go out and do another record. They expected to pitch it, but I Drive Your Truck, he did not write that with Lee Bryce. Till It's Gone, he didn't write that with Kenny Chesney. Why Wait, he didn't write that with Rascal Flatts. Cold Beer Conversation, he didn't write that with George Strait. So he gets right. some outside cuts. He's with a great publisher, so he gets a lot of fair listens, and he's a great songwriter. But that was just encouraging that he is not necessarily building his career on, I got to write with the artist. He's still writing great songs, and some of them get cut. So for me, as a writer that didn't write with a ton of artists, that was encouraging. So hopefully it's encouraging for you to do great work, and there's a chance. So... That was another one. If you do get the chance to write with an artist, Jimmy talked about that some. He said, if I write with an artist, I generally let that artist lead and guide. Why is that? Nobody knows what the artist wants to say better than that artist. So kind of in paraphrase quote. And so I think that's smart because we're in the service business. If you listen to me much at all, you probably heard me say that, (laughs) that we are in the service business. So if you're in a room with an artist, you're there to serve that artist. Yeah. You know, serve the song, but serve the song that the artist wants to share with the world. And if the artist is smart, the artist wants to serve their audience. So you let them guide because they should know their audience and what they want to say in their brand better than you do because they live it every day and they should be very aware of it. I think of, I was writing with an artist on Curb Records, Ruthie Collins, several years ago. And, 
and we were writing this idea that I brought in and she's working on her first record. And there was a thing in the bridge where we could go the Jesus route. He's been a secular song this whole time. And then, Oh boy, do we go to the, this Jesus place? Because you know, she has a country record deal. Do we go to this Jesus place here in the bridge or do we not kind of him and Han? I'm not sure. I'm like, ah, I'm not sure if that's something we want to say or whatever. And Eventually, Ruthie just looked at me and smiled and said, we don't have to worry if an artist would say that because I would say that. Oh, yeah. I'm in the room with the artist. All right. Yeah. She said it and she cut it. So I'm like, nice. oh, duh. There's like a light bulb moment for me. Like, oh, that's right. I was used to having that conversation, not having the artist in the room. But now I can just go, Is that, would you say that? Does that sound legit to you? Does that move you? Does that resonate with you? Okay. We don't have to have the theoretical dis- discussion on would some potential artist say this you can just go would you say this you would okay let's go let's rock with it so anyway i thought that was i think that's great advice let the artist lead and guide it's not your job to write through that artist sometimes you kind of have to to try and get a great song it's also about the hang and about them saying what they want to say and enjoying the process so it's good to let them lead and guide kind of where they want to go another thing jimmy was big and jimmy and i were co-teachers at the martha's vineyard songwriters festival in 2018 and right. so I got to, I got to share the stage with him a lot, which was an honor and, and challenging, just, you know, challenging to me as a writer is really, really great information there. And one thing he talked about a lot was if I feel it, you feel it. You got to get into the song where you are moved emotionally by it. If I don't feel it, you're probably not going to feel it either. And it's, it's about writing stuff that resonates with you as a writer, stuff that's authentic and stuff that really moves you. Now, let's say I drive your truck. That is somebody else's story. There was an idea that somebody else brought in based on a real event. Jimmy, he hadn't lost his brother in a, in a war, didn't go out and drive in his truck, all that stuff. So where did he tap into it? He had some stuff in his personal life that he could use to tap in to that story and get it where he felt it. Kind of like and, being an actor where you, you yeah. actually have to tap into some pain to, to translate it. Yeah, I'm, I remember I was watching something just the other night, like two nights ago on – Oh, what was it? It was on YouTube. It was not inside the actor's studio, but it was like a roundtable discussion with several actors. And I can't remember who that was. But anyway, so they they brought them on there. And one actor was talking about, you know, this is the person that taught me about connecting with your with your character. And you're writing out like the full biography of this character and what their family's like, what they were doing on the way to the scene and what they're going to do after they leave that scene. And just knowing all that stuff is like Samuel Jackson, I think. So I was just talking about how he knows that character inside and out. And uh, man, I wish I could remember the, the name of where that was, but it was like a roundtable discussion. It was just awesome hearing these people talk about their craft and stuff. But yeah, getting deep inside of it. And so if like, if you don't feel it, if it's just an intellectual exercise for you, other people probably aren't going to feel it either. And so that's an important thing. So let's see here. It's really important to be yourself, to do what you do. This again, kind of paraphrasing from what Jimmy said, expose what you do to other people and let them decide if they value what you bring and if that's something that they want. And it also helps to be a writer that people just want to be around. It's instead of trying to be, you know, we all start off trying to be somebody else. I think a lot of times like a knockoff version of Dean Dillon or Bob McDill or Craig Wiseman or whatever, but it's like finding that thing that you do and that you bring to the table, that's your unique value proposition and just try to get great at that and let other people decide whether or not they value what you do. And want to add that, that spice to their mix of the, you know, that gumbo they're cooking up that day in the room. So I thought that was important just to kind of own what you do. You know, it's a snowflake theory, but not in the you know, sensitive snowflake, everything hurts me and melts me kind of way, but we're all different. Each of us is unique. 
we have our own point of view, our own lives, our own backstory. So if you can be you, there's not another one of those around. And that yeah. at least gives you a specific place in the market and all these people trying to get noticed. So at least you're going to be unique and a little more identifiable. And again, you know, what other people think you can't control what other people think. You just try to do what you do the best you can and hope they, they find value in it. If they don't, you keep looking for the people that will. So that was another thing I thought was good. Was it a Hollywood reporter round? Yes. Hollywood yeah. reporter. Thank you. And Will Smith, Samuel L. Jackson, Mark Ruffalo. Yeah. Uh, Benicio del Toro. Yeah. 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 <laughs> there we go. Yeah. I got, yeah. I watched a couple of those the other night. It was really good. So yeah. Hollywood reporter round table. Yeah. Really good stuff. So Let's see. What else? What are some other things Jimmy had to say? Looking over my notes here. Now, this stuff I thought was really interesting. We, we got into like kind of his daily habits and his rituals and stuff, what he does to help him do what he does. Right. Mm-hmm. So he said he goes through a ritual every day to get his brain revved up. So reading every day, going on vigorous exercise. So he'll go on a hard run every morning and brain exercises to get him ready to ride. He's like, I can't just wake up, hop in the truck and go ride and be my best. You know, so he has a regimen that he does like an athlete, you know, getting, doing his warmups, getting ready to go out and perform at a high level that he does every day. So reading, you know, get your brain going extra. He'll go for a hard run. And he gets a lot of his ideas when he's exercising. And then this brain exercise, and I asked him what that was and he, and he explained it to us in Martha's Vineyard where as he's driving in to music row or wherever he's riding that day, he just starts talking out loud for about you know, 10 minutes or something like that. Just kind of as fast as he can describing everything around him, like as he's driving. And so, so if he's driving, he might be, or as I'm looking out the window right now, I'm seeing the green on the leaves. I see those little helicopter seas that are going to fly down and probably land in my pool. I'm going to have to skim out later. I see some, this big pink donut floaty that blew out of my pool when it was storming earlier today. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles rubber ball that's floating in the pool. I see my gray Honda Pilot parked out there around our barn. I see raindrops that still beat it up on the, an, a puddle on the roof next door. I see our little trampoline, our wooden fence. I see you know nobody driving by on the side street because nobody drives around here. I see the alley in the back. I saw just a reflection of a car go by in the window in front of me. So somebody out in the street out front that I can't see, I just see these little ghosts go across on the on the window. And so he would, he would do that and just for like oh, five, cool. 10 minutes and just, really it's, cool. it's getting his brain working. It's, it's storing up imagery and it's just all stream of consciousness. Just go, go, go. What do I see? What do I see? What do I see? And he did a little bit of that for us in the room and it, it was cool, but he does that on the way in five, 10 minutes or whatever on the drive in and do that. It's getting the words in his brain images and just noticing things because we're all noticers, right? Mm-hmm. And it's all storing that those details in his mind that may come out next week in a song or may come out that day in a song. But and just saying them a lot thing. sort of plants him a little further in and it makes yeah. you do it. Right. I like you, that. You actually stay focused on it if you're talking out loud because you know yeah. if you stop talking. <laughs> you know? I'm, trying, I'm going to try that now. That's like, that's really brilliant. Yeah. So it's cool. So if you got a commute, that could be something that you do on your commute to just kind of sharpen your brain up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Or if you're going to ride on the way home, do it on the way home. A little closer to time before you go ride. But that's something he does. He said he does like every day. Other stuff. He goes to bed early. Oh, or sorry. He said get going early. Bring in ideas so that you can find the idea quickly. And then you have more time to work on the song. So he's, he said the key to everything he does is prep. He has a healthy diet. He exercises. He reads. He studies artists in the market on a very consistent basis to give him the best chance of success. This guy's preparing. I'm not a huge baseball fan by any means, but I remember hearing about, oh, what was his name? One of the major pitchers, you know, several years ago, I can't remember for the Diamondbacks or somebody, but just 
the level of study they would do for the batters, mm-hmm. you know, the batters tendencies and all this stuff and just studying. And I'm a football, an old high school football player and I'm a football fan, but so I never really paid that much attention to baseball, but just like how much study the pitcher would do about who he's going to face. And you wouldn't think there'd be that much to study, right? Because we just don't know. But they know, and they study a ton of stuff. And yes. just that preparation helped him be one of the best pitchers in the world and go get a World Series championship. And so, Jimmy, who am I cutting for? If I want to write a Blake Shelton cut, I better have every Blake Shelton record and study all those songs. Because if I haven't, other songwriters have. And if I want to give myself the biggest advantage, I'm going to go study their music. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're writing something for Blake Shelton or for Kenny Chesney. And so just the amount of prep that he would do, listening to music, being staying current on what's working, on what these people have cut. What are they cut in the past? Well, they're probably not going to do exactly that again, so I don't want to be right on top of that. And can I use this following their past five records to project where they may go in the next record so I can aim at that, not aim where they used to be, but aim where they're going to be. And so uh, just how much he – he said being a pro songwriter is going to probably make him live longer because he watches what he eats, he exercises, <laughs> tries to get enough sleep because – our brain is a physical part of our bodies. And so yeah. the better shape our bodies are in and we take care of our bodies, we take care of our brains because we need our brains to work. That's really changed a lot of how I thought about writing. So thank you, Jimmy, if you're listening. It's just going, you know what? Let's attack this like, like an athlete. And so that's helped motivate me to go out and go on runs in the morning. Part of it is because, hey, I'm in my 40s now, so I'm not going to lose weight on my own. Yeah, right. I, if I want to be healthy and I want to be around for my family and chase the kids around, I better get in shape. But also it, increases your energy levels. If you have more energy, you're more likely to ride after your nine to five or go in and, and be more present when you do ride if you're able to do it full time. But also what's good for the body is good for the brain. Drinking enough water helps you stay alert. It hydrates your brain. So your brain's going to work better. I mean, we're I do brain work for a living. <laughs> Johnny takes a drink. Yes, I'll take a drink too. I'm trying to take a drink just to uh, talk. <laughs> That's right. But he's somebody being careful what he puts in his body. What he, so he eats healthy because you are what you eat. And so he's not trying to put a bunch of crap in his body that's going to fog his brain. And all that stuff matters. And, and it was really cool to be challenged by that. Not only by like living a good, clean life. So you're like an athlete. So you can be at peak performance when you go in there. But you're doing the prep. You got your ideas. So when you walk in the room, you can go, all right, here's some ideas. And you can get into it that much faster because maybe your co-writer has till three o'clock. But if you take till 12 o'clock to find your idea, then you only got three hours left. But if you come in with a couple of great ideas and you find it by like 930, you got a lot of extra time to work on that song and try to knock it out. Yeah, so right. some days you may take longer to find the idea just because, well, the idea is that important. It's better to take an extra 30 minutes to find the right idea than just to spend all day writing the wrong song. Yeah. But this guy's top of his game. I'm song of the year songwriter, getting cuts, getting hits. And this is how seriously he takes it. So that kind of helped recalibrate me on like the bar. I mean, he, he told a story of years ago, back on some cuts and some stuff, but he was still, he wasn't who he is yet. So this is some years ago. And he, he told the story on, on the, know the pro event that he was supposed to write that day and his co-writer canceled on him. So he's going to go play golf. He got canceled. He's going to go play golf. And then, but his phone rang and it was Ben Hayslip. Now, Ben Hayslip is one of the peach pickers. Ben's had a bunch of number ones and they were definitely hot at the time with Red Akins and Dallas Davidson getting a bunch of cuts. Ben called him because he and Ben are buddy. And Ben's like, hey man, just want to see if you want to join us today. You know, we've had some open up. Hey, you want to hop in? And 
Jimmy's like, man, I, I just, just made plans to go golf and you know, I got canceled. And I just called somebody, whatever to go golf. And he's like, fine, bye, click. Yeah. Like, whoa, that was sudden. Like he just hung up on him. So he called him back. Cause he's desperate to find a co-writer for that well, day. No, this is, this is what it is. He, he called him back. He didn't answer. He called him back again. And finally he answered. He's like, what? He's like, dude, what's up? You sound ticked. Why you make? He's like, Jimmy, you complain that you don't have the success that I have. You got canceled and you're about to go play golf. I just offered you a co-write and you're going to go play golf. Hey, Pantheon listeners, Christian Swain here. You caught me just finishing up some editing on Getting Real with John and Beth. I want to share my first experience with Factor Meals for you. I think you'll find this interesting because I bet the same thing happens to you. I had just received my first shipment from Factor Meals the other day, and I was excited to try one of the prepared restaurant-quality meals for myself. Anyway, I was working away and noticed it was very late, and it was my night to make dinner. I jumped up and headed to the kitchen, went to grab the ingredients for the dish I was going to make, and realized I was missing a prime ingredient. Well, I could make a run to the store, or I could make one of my new Factor meals. <laughs> Actually, the choice was easy. I grabbed a cavatappi, an Italian-style pork ragu with garlic broccoli, heated the oven per instructions, and minutes later was enjoying a very delicious, nutritious, and dietitian approved meal. It really was everything Factor Meals said it would be. No prep, no mess meals. Factor Meals are 100% ready to heat and eat. Take it from me and head to factormeals.com slash pantheon50 and use the code pantheon50 to get 50% off. That's factormeals.com slash pantheon50 and use the code pantheon50 to get 50% off. There may be people in town that write better than me, but nobody's going to outwork me. And Jimmy's like, I'm going to go cancel my golf plans. Showed up that day. They wrote a song. It got cut. <laughs> I love that story. Dan. I mean, we are not playing around. Yeah. That's in Nashville. You want to get cuts on records? They take it freaking serious. Yeah. It's time to level up. Yeah. You know, proper prior planning it. prevents piss poor performance. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Seven P's. <laughs> exactly. So it's just that thing of like, yeah, you complain you haven't had the success I've had. Well, I guess you're not working as hard as I have either. Cause you're about to go play golf and I don't have time for you belly aching about not having the success I have when you're, I just gave you a chance to get in a room and write a song and you're going to go play golf. So yeah. shut it. And he said that was a wake up call for him and he's leveled up and he's got some number ones to show for it. So this episode was great as far as like a kick in the pants, like real world, like this is how it is boys and girls. You better buckle up and put on your big boy and big girl britches. Because this like is the major leagues. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, about co-writing. So what's important between co-writers is not having ego. So you can't get easily offended. You have to be able to be honest with each other. You can do better. That sucks. I've heard that a thousand times. Whatever. You, the way you roll with your co-writers is going to be different. Some are going to be more supportive and like raw rods. Others will be like, that sucks next. But it's important that you leave ego at the door and you're not serving your ego when you're in there and that you're, and this is Brent talking but that you're serving the song when you're in there and serving the, the mutual goal. This is why we don't count lines in Nashville. Right. Who wrote what, what percentage? No, man, we split it even. Why? Because we're serving the song that way that's off the table. And I'm not trying to get more lines in there than you. I'm just trying to get the best lines in there. I don't care where they come from because we're all making yeah. the same money. So let's, let's just make more of it. Yeah. Let's just make a better song. <laughs> let's just make a better song. So we have more success. That and creates everybody the right wins. incentive. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, sometimes your ego still gets in there or you're having a bad day where you feel like you're not contributing very much. So you really want to at least get something in there that you can go, that was my line. 
just so you know it for yourself. You know, that happens sometimes. You just, it, you're not on or, or somebody else is rolling, but also you got to be present enough of the situation, have the situational awareness to go, dude, Kevin is just on fire today. So I'm just going to stenographer and rah-rah cheerlead because he is just killing it. Like, yeah, man, that's great. Keep it coming. You know, another day it might be me and he might be the one at the top of the pyramid waving the spirit fingers. Yeah, it's like a basketball game, man. When your boy's just draining them, you just get the hot hand. (laughs) Yeah, he's like, it's time for him to run the eye formation. I get it, I shoot it. All right. Yeah, like you said, it's amazing what you can accomplish if you don't care who gets the credit. Yeah. And when you're in the room, it's not about who gets the credit and being saying, oh, yeah, I I called that play. (laughs) You know, or whatever it is. It's It's amazing what you can accomplish if you don't care who gets the credit. I love that. And that's so important in the room because that's why we're not chopping up percentages based on how many lines you got or whatever. We we like to split it out even because that way we're all in this thing together. So I don't want you chasing your percentage. I want you chasing the hit. Yeah. The song. Oh, that's great. So I think that's really important. So you got to get ego out of the room. You got to have the ego and the fact of, I want to write a great song goal. And whether you call that ego or whatever, going, we're going to write the that's best cocky. song on the road. That's being cocky. Or that's I, like, just confidence. I like a cocky performer. Yeah. It's you know, cocky's confidence. It's not arrogance. Cocky is a difference. Yeah. So, but you can't, it's not competitive. Now there's competitive with your co-writers and you try to top each other. Like that's a great line. I'm going to see if I can beat it, but you're on the same team, right? Yeah, I have a mutual goal. You both win if you top his line or if he tops yours. And so there is that competitive good natured thing, but it's yeah. not like a scarcity mentality, scarcity mentality, a competition. It's an abundance mentality competition. Oh, that's so great. I'm going to see if I can beat it. If one, just because I want to one up you and that'd be bragging around, be kind of funny in the moment, but also the song gets better. I'm not going to fight for a lesser line because it's mine. You got to get that out of the room. That stuff yeah. is toxic. Yeah, because you know, then I don't know if you're fighting for because it it's the best line, and I just don't understand it's the best line because that happens. You know, we, we'll cajole and we'll argue the trust and fight goes for the out. best line. The trust goes out there. Yeah, because you're not sure because you know, like all of a sudden that that person's willing to get over on you. Yeah, right? like are they fighting for that because they really legit think it's the best line, or are they fighting for that because it's their line? When I do that, like I don't want producing, that you've got to develop that trust factor with your artist. A recent one I had with Haley Varal, who's like mm-hmm. a really great singer from Canada, and that single that we did, she it's on the radio right now. Cool. So she she came in and had these beautiful melodies and beautiful song, and but it was a little atonal. It, mm-hmm. it needed a change. It needed like a little lift in the first verse. And the way I had to serve it up was, I mean, it's her song. She can do whatever she wants with it. Yeah. But it's like, Hey, you're hiring me to produce. So I'm going to throw out an idea and we can do it however you want to do it. So the way we did it is I, she had sent me a work tape and then I just had her because we had to do the pre-production with the phone Mm. before she came down to cut it. And I had her, we figured out what the chord change was going to be. And then what she was going to do with the song. And I said, now I just want you to get through this and, and play it enough times so that we can, so that you can do another work tape right now. I'm on a phone and then listen to them both in whichever one you choose. That's one we'll do. Mm-hmm. So it left it up to her, but it was, uh, cause I wasn't trying to tell her that my way was a better way. It was just, this is what I'm feeling. That's what you're feeling. And then see if, if you think this is better. And if you do, we'll do it. If you don't, we'll, we'll do the other one. Yeah. And that's how you got to, got to serve that up. But, but you got to be sensitive to the fact that, I'm not trying to tell her what to do. It's a sandbox thing. And you got to, the second that that happened, it was interesting that you said that because I never thought about it like that, but then that's the thought process. That is, are they just trying to do this to get over on me or do they, because then you're also in that same thought, you're also as, as a humble 
artist writer, you know, I always mm. consider writers artists. Like you're, you're thinking about yourself too. Like how can oh, yeah. you not think about that? Yeah. And you're like, am I missing something here? Or are they just trying to get over on me? Like that's yeah. the worst effing place you could be. <laughs> <laughs> right. You don't want that to happen and you can control it by minding your piece of cues. Like you're yeah. talking about here. But, and both happen sometimes in a, in a co-write. I, I just don't get it. They're making a suggestion that is great, better than what I had. But I just, for some reason it's not clicking with me. I just don't get it. Yeah. And they're, they're aiming for the best line and I just don't get it. So sometimes that's it. And I just need to be convinced or trust them. Sometimes you just go, I don't quite, but I trust you. Let's go yeah. with that for now and, and live with it and get some feedback. But the last thing you want is going, yeah, man, I just don't know if it's there about, they just want that because they want that or because they want to contribute or it's the best thing. So you want to yeah. get out of the room. But yeah, man, I'll tell you that, that event with Jimmy is just, like just full of that stuff. I mean, gave me a major kick in the britches to go, okay, let's, let's level up this thing. And I've had cuts. Yeah. <laughs> I gotta, I gotta hit onto my name. And, but it's inspiring. It's inspiring. Wow. This is, this is the game we're playing. This is how seriously people take it. Yeah. Kurt Schilling was that baseball player. Kurt Schilling, okay. I think for the Red Sox or something, but the one that studied the, the batters and just put in hours and hours of study. Yeah. Know? But yeah, Jimmy's everything he does is a product of prep. He puts his, his body in the best position it can be in. He puts his mind in the best position it can be in. Sleep, exercise, water, doing brain exercises to get it warmed up and, and coming up with song ideas so he, he can walk in and it's game time. And you never know if you're playing in the Super Bowl that day. That's the thing. You know, like Tom Brady or Kurt Schilling, he knows when he's going to be playing in the World Series. Yeah. Back when he was playing, yeah, he knew. It was on all the papers. You know, okay, we just won the whatever league champion. Now we're going to the World Series football player we just won the afc divisional round whatever we're going to the super bowl with riders you don't know what days the super bowl is you may know if you're going with if you're going to go right with kenny chesney that yeah this could be the super bowl because this has a good chance we write the right song kenny chesney cut it. he's a major artist he singles it. it could be number one other day like i didn't know i was in the super bowl when aaron and i were working on monday morning church sure but ended up going top five. I had more of an inkling when I was working with Gord Bamford and Byron Hill, uh, writing with Gord for his project. But I was just trying to get something on the project and trying to do the best work I could. I didn't know it was going to be in a number one and a Canadian Country Music Award a single of the year. <clears throat> but we're aiming for that. But you just got to prep like today might be the Super Bowl. So you just want to, you got to stay in shape and because there's kind of no off season and just go in. So you're prepared every day like it, like it could be the Super Bowl because it could be. You could write that song that changes your life. It comes from love of the craft. Yeah. Wanting to be good at the craft. Yeah. And I love what he said about being a songwriter is probably going to make him live longer. Yeah. <laughs> it's like it, that is what the, what I use to motivate myself to eat healthy, get enough sleep, get enough exercise and keep my brain sharp. It's funny. It's like you normally think about musicians and people like die at 30. You Ooh, know, on the edge. Yeah. Live on the edge. And, and he's taking the opposite approach going, I'm going to live longer so I can do more art and do it better. Yeah. I think it's cool. And that's, that's kind of the angle I'm, I'm And you know, and for some people, like, just on that tangent for a second, there's like, you've got Tom Brady, who mm-hmm. is sixth round draft pick. Mm-hmm. I think. Something like that. Yeah. It was very irrelevant sure draft six, pick out of Michigan. Round. I yeah. think it was six. Yeah. Like an afterthought. That's the afterthought round. Yeah. And he's got five Super Bowl rings now. And still, what's he, 40? He's 41. 41. And so one of the things they say about him is a lot, most football players after that, after their season's done, 
they relax and maybe they'll drink a little bit more. They'll eat, they won't eat great or whatever. They, they sort of let loose a little bit and then they bring it all back around again when the summer comes to get tightened Mm -hmm. up for, for the fall season. He never does. He's always Mm -hmm. training. And they were joking about like him being such a square, right? Because it's like, dude, it's, it's April or Uh it's March. Yeah. It's okay. You can have a cocktail. No, 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 I'm training. And so my point being, he's lasted that long on account of that mentality. Mm -hmm. What I just heard, I just heard this week, is that he just clocked, at 41 years old, he just clocked his time in the 40 faster than he ran at 21. Stop it, really? 5.1 something. It was faster than he ran at 21, and he's 41. Oh, my gosh. That's crazy. Yeah. God bless him. I know. It's like, (laughs) he might not drink wine, but he ages like one. Here's the other way to think about it, too. The other thing I was going to make was... It's, it's kind of a similar thing, I guess, because, you know, think about Tom Brady, I mean, we can't get it out of our head that he's just a superstar, like, a, like an overachiever, yeah. but he didn't come in no. to the league like that. He didn't Not come in all. like supposed to be, you know, Aaron Rodgers came in the league, was supposed to be the first round draft pick mm, and it went to Alex. What's his face? Alex, Alex Smith. Smith. And, and then nobody needed a quarterback mm-hmm. and, and Packers got him like 26th, the first round, but number 26, it was crazy. We couldn't believe we got him. So he came in supposed to be hot. You know, it wasn't what happened with Brady. And the same thing with like Terrell Davis. We talked about him before on the podcast, but the running back. So he was a guy just had the talent to be in that league, which is a lot of talent. Mm-hmm. But he was the first guy on the field, last guy off the field. He just outworked everybody. Mm-hmm. And he wasn't Barry Sanders. He wasn't OJ Simpson, like not the evil OJ Simpson, but the running back. OJ. Yeah. You know, he, he wasn't like, that guy that just had that kind of amazing natural talent, but he's got two Super Bowl rings Yeah, because he did this mentality. He took it this seriously. And I think you could argue that amongst NFL players, he was probably mid to low mid-level on the talent, but he just made a life for himself and a name and a legacy by doing what other people weren't going to do. Yeah. And, and I think that that aspires to a lot of artists and a lot of songwriters that are just, Barbara was talking to us about Madonna's producer and saying how he's like, well, mediocre sells. And it's like, I don't know if mediocre sells. I just think people that are kind of mediocre work harder because <laughs> they know they have to as opposed to the one who can just like sing with their golden voice and make you yeah. cry and they just think the world should fall at their feet because that's what's happened to them their whole lives that's their experience well, right you know what i'll tell you family a little baxter family story so my sister dion is five years older dion if you're listening hey love you Hi, dion. She's five years older than me and naturally smarter okay, okay so she went through high school she was salutatorian so second in her class barely got beat out for second in her class so straight a's he's smart as a whip also very full social calendar mm-hmm. dated a bunch fun whatever second in her class got to give a speech it was awesome my dad lost a bunch of weight to walk her you know graduation it was awesome and uh anyway then got scholarship to to u of a razorback mm. she went up there and lost her scholarship as soon as humanly possible <laughs> really <laughs> Yeah, great. Because she continued to have a good time, but she okay. never had to work that hard at school. Yeah. And college is not about mastering the subject. College is about mastering yourself because yeah. no one makes you go to class. No one makes you study like when you're home with your parents. Right? And high school is boring. And a high school is about, you got to beat the material. Yeah. So me on the other hand, not naturally as smart as my sister. I'll admit that I had to work harder. Yeah. I didn't have the full social calendar. I had to put in a lot more work. Graduated with honors. So I was like top 10% in my class or whatever, but I wasn't second in my class. 
And I was right. like 19th or 20th or something. So I had to work hard a lot harder. Didn't have the social life. I went to Arkansas State, kept my scholarship for like four years. Because <laughs> I you learned to, you, you had a scholarship? Academic. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, well, it doesn't come up. Wow. <laughs> Not much relevance to the rest of my life. You know, just That's impressive. So, but kept that for like four years. Yeah. Because I learned how to work. Yep. Now Dion's successful at, at her career and, and I have a career not really using what I went to school. So it, it's fine. But using that as an example of some people, you, you say they just open their mouth and magic comes out and they never mm-hmm. learn how to work. Other people yeah. like, you know, like you talked about clawed yourself up to middle management vocally, learn yeah. how to work. Yeah. And so that work matters. Ben Hayslip told, told Jimmy, he said, there may be people that can outright me. There's not be anyone that's going to outwork me. I love that sort of color right back and didn't answer. Yeah. Just like, kick oh. out, like, cause you've been complaining and here's an opportunity. Yeah. And you're going to go play golf. Yeah. So shut up about not having success. <laughs> <laughs> Last time we're going to talk about that. Yeah, exactly. He's like, like I'm going to cancel that right I'm now. I'm sorry. I will be there. I will be there in 20 minutes. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. And the song freaking got cut. So, yeah. There That's a great go. story. So if you want to hear everything that Jimmy had to say, and you also want to hear what Hall of Fame songwriter Byron Hill had to say, who's number one by tons of people, if you want to hear what hit a music publisher, Scott Shared, has to say in these Know the Pro events. And also, if you want to join some of these live from anywhere in the world online, what we do is we do a video conference and we have two coming up in August. We have one coming up in September. And we try to keep one kind of on the docket, at least quarterly. And then you can also watch the replay. But in, in August, we have two coming up. We have independent song plugger Shane Barrett. So this is a guy that songwriters hire, and he works with them, and he goes and he gets cuts for them. And we also have our hit music publisher, Tim Hunzi from Anthem Entertainment. It used to be called Olay. And before that, Tim was over at Parallel. He's been around and secured a lot of cuts. So together, these guys have had cuts by... All kinds of people. It's just ridiculous. And then in September, Larry Beard's going to be joining us. He runs one of the best and highly regarded demo studios in Nashville. So we're going to be talking about the demo process. And all this stuff is free for subscribers to Freddie.com. And this F-R-E-T-T-I-E.com. Freddie's five bucks a month. If you join now, that locks that in. So the pricing may change, but it's not going to change for you. And so for that, you get the replays of any you missed. You get to join us live and actually make a connection with the pros. That's what we do at songwriting pro, like help you write like a pro do business like a pro and connect to the pros. And this helps you on all those because we talk about the business. We talk about the craft and then you actually get to be face to face from anywhere in the world with these pros is what helps you make a connection. So really at five bucks a month, it's a no brainer. And that's just the tip of the iceberg of what we do over at Freddie. So if you're interested in finding out more, just go on over to Freddie.com F R E T T I E.com. If you're listening to this way in the future, Go to songwritingpro.com and that kind of opens the gateway to Freddie and Songwriting Pro and all that good stuff. But yeah, we got that that's coming killer. up. So I'd hate for you to miss out on, on getting to meet with a couple pros and getting Yeah, to meet and that's when you're working with those, when you when you're in the presence, when you have proximity to that, it tells you where the bar is. And oh, then man. yeah. You're working for the right thing as opposed to working for what your perception of what the bar is or should be. Mm-hmm. And then you're delusional, right? Because you're wrong. <laughs> Like that's right. not where it's at. So learn about that. It's an easy, an easy, easy thing to do. So like, hey, Slip, giving it to to your boy saying, you know what? You've been complaining that you can't get in the game and here's your chance to get in the game and you're going golfing. Here it is. If you're out there listening to my voice and you're complaining about how it's an insider's club and you can't make relationships and everything like that and for five bucks a month, you can get closer to these people. Like what? 
Yeah, I don't want to hear yeah. it anymore. Yeah, uh-uh. There it is. Because I'm seriously underpricing this. <laughs> I, you know, I don't. I, that was my next thing. Is like just raise that yesterday. I can't. Give a Starbucks a month, and goodness gracious, yeah. So anyway, guys, join the climb community if you haven't done so. It's a very active community. We're very proud of it. Lots of good people with great advice on there. Lots of questions and stuff being thrown around. I think even some co-writes have been birthed out of there, which is mm-hmm. kind of cool. I know I've even had some opportunities that uh, haven't materialized yet, but some just for some different song placements and stuff that I just last minute thing, I'll go to people that I know are doing it and, hey, you got something that'll fit this or fit that? And, and it's a... Mm-hmm playing at the back subscribe to the podcast so that it comes in automatically to wherever you consume your podcast take 30 seconds to leave a rating and review talk about my voice and how much i'm losing it and mm-hmm. and how you still like the podcast and then finally tell somebody about it share it on your social media let other people know that that you like this and why you like it and and if they hear it enough times they'll, they're going to dig into it and and our data just shows that once they hear a couple episodes they're like they're in. They find the value in there, and we're very mm-hmm. proud of you. So, this podcast exists because we want you to win. So, keep on climbing. And we'll see you at the top. achieve the American dream. The big house, the happy family, the money. 911, what's your emergency? Would you put in the hours? Would you take a big swing? What's the problem? What's the problem? Would you lie? Would you cheat? Would I shop? Would I shop? Would you kill? Yes. <laughs> My mom and dad. My mom and my dad. From Airship the studio behind American Scandal comes a new true crime history podcast. I'm Jeremy Schwartz, and I'll be taking you inside the minds of some of our most notorious felons and outlaws, exploring the dark side of the American dream. In my new show, American Criminal, you'll meet the picture-perfect brothers who killed their parents, the thief who stole babies, the crypto king who siphoned off billions and plenty more. From assassins and gangsters to killers and con artists, whatever the case, whoever the criminal, you don't know the full story until now. Don't miss the debut season of American Criminal, the Menendez Brothers, beginning February 29th. Listen wherever you get your podcasts or to get early ad-free access to the entire season first, plus hundreds of other ad-free history podcast episodes, subscribe at intohistory.com.